37th parallel on America's haunted highway, it's Pixelated Paranormal, your guide to the unusual and the strange. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to episode 152 of Pixelated Paranormal, where we are coming hot off of our double listener story extravaganza. And again, a big hearty thank you to everybody who hooked us up with your great stories and keep them coming. It was awesome. Um, I think out the gate, we promised Justin we'd talk about his uh, story because we got that kind of after we already recorded, but I did work it in. So, um, a refresher, you know, Justin moved into a house back in Houston High School. He had that really awesome, you know, childhood dream slab of concrete in the backyard, which is perfect for a basketball Space court. Jam days. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And uh, it turns out that no matter where they were, that ball would always roll to them. So, Presto, what do you think, man? First of all, this is kind of in your realm. What says you... Yeah, there's a, you know, the spirit of a dead girl in his backyard, so he should go get <laughs> that blessed with holy water. So. <laughs> right. Yeah, I uh, I mean, that's that's kind of how I would have debunked everything, too, is just, you know, roll the ball from one corner to the other to the other. And it sounds like they kind of tested that out, you know, as uh, as kids. So I don't know. Interesting nonetheless. Steve, what do you think? Man? Uh, I mean, the basketball thing was kind of weird, some kind of gravity thing, I think, but. Uh, the, the definitely the second part of the story was more in, was more like crazy, uh, to me because like he was describing that little girl who's like, so like, and and that was the biggest thing I loved about that is like I am, I'm way older into podcasts than I think these two are, and I've been around since kind of the con in the conception of podcasting. I'm not trying to flex or nothing, but back in the day. Um, when podcasts started, that's how listeners would call in people. They would actually set up a actual voicemail line. And then with the power of the internet, you know, the, as it progressed, voicemails mm -hmm. were the main interaction. People would do emails, but most of the podcasts listened to the ones they would give actual play to, cause it was just cool to have more audio and then you can, you know, pause and stop and like, so I love getting, getting that right, voicemail right. and doing that. Uh, getting an interaction like that. It's been a long time. So thanks for that, dude. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I think it sounds to me like maybe somebody killed their kids and buried them under a slab of concrete, man. Cause that's uh, the best way to describe all of that in a paranormal sense. Um, and also just the comment that the neighbor makes about not seeing the kids for a little while and then also not noticing any kids whenever yeah. they moved out. That's pretty weird. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Justin, thanks again, man, for sending that story into us. We really appreciate it. And uh, we should probably go ahead and plug that uh, Google Voice channel we have now for anybody else that wants to leave us an actual voicemail. Yeah, definitely. Um, fair warning. If you want to leave a voicemail, it looks like you can only leave up to three minutes at a time. So, um, I mean, again, big ups to Justin for having the patience. Uh, you were our first one using that new phone number, and I didn't realize it cut off at a three-minute mark. So, uh, yeah, if you have a longer story to tell, you know, definitely just call back and, and tell the rest of it, and we can kind of splice it together mm -hmm. the best we can. So, or you can always send, that send number the, is... the audio through an email, too, and we'll play it that way. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you guys can definitely do that. You can record it right off your phone. Every Android, every... Apple phone has a sound recorder. 
Let's do that. Attach his email. Yep. Send it to the email. Good to go. Yep, we'll slap that baby in the podcast. So if you want to use the Google Voice number, it is 913-662-3144. That's 913-662-3144. Again, 1-800-WET-BUTT. Wait, really? (laughs) No, God, no. (laughs) 1-800-WET-BUTT was a number you could call back when I was in middle school. And it had like a one in ten chance of going through to where like it actually uh, didn't require a quarter or a dollar or whatever it was, and you can get through and talk to live people. <laughs> and you know this how? That's back when people had pay phones at gas stations, kids. <laughs> like I was calling wet butt every night. <laughs> Who's that little freak outside on the pay phone? It's ten thirty at night. <laughs> He's calling swampass.com. Right. Why has he got that gold chain? <laughs> Why has he got that bowl cut and that South Carolina jersey on? <laughs> What a what a turd nerd. Well, what's cool too is uh, Justin, your story kind of leads right into the one news story we have, and I didn't share this with you guys because I want it to be kind of a fun little Boom, surprise. But uh, in a bizarre turn of events, the filming of a paranormal television program at the Oklahoma Zoo, made infamous by Netflix's series Tiger King, was put on hold over the weekend when police were called to investigate a possible detection of human remains. Wow. This is from coasttocoast.com. The confluence of strangeness reportedly began on Friday when the show Ghost Adventures visited the notorious wildlife park in search of spirits. For some unexplained reason, part of the production included the enlisting of cadaver dogs, which is where things got weird. According to Gavin County Sheriff Jim Mullet, the two body sn- <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me in Oklahoma? Of course. Should of I pronounce course. it Jim Mullet? Mullet. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Jesus. The two body sniffing canines, quote, hit on a small alligator pond that is no longer being used, and understandably, this prompted a call to the police. A team of investigators soon arrived and spent five hours searching locations, and they said, We took our time and we looked around. We looked in the pond and dug down. However, the only remains that the cops were able to find were those of a potentially small, tailless animal. But be that as it may, the current owner of the wildlife park isn't quite ready to dismiss the possibility that a body could be buried on the site. Of course not. Jeff Lowe. Greasy bastard. (laughs) Of course he's one of the damn attention. Just thinking about the guy fucking just makes my yeah. Toes he's a greaseball, the affliction shirt. You know, he thinks he's a thug. Like right, <laughs> you know, like he's such a loser, dude. Oh my gosh. Uh, Jeff Lowe, the walking mascot for Mountain Dew and Oakley, and affliction says he expresses doubt over the results of the search, theorizing that a storm which swept over the area could have had a hand in confusing the dogs when it came to narrowing down the precise spot the human remains could be. So I had to reread that earlier. I thought he was saying that maybe like, oh, it must have, you know, washed a rib bone over here. No, what he's saying is maybe it just kind of offset some dirt and the dogs just weren't digging in the right place for a chance. But anyway, he plans to bring the canines back to the location at some point in the future when the ground has dried up to see if they can hit on a different Or when he plants it. Ooh, yeah. yeah. And then blames it on that bitch, Carol Baskins. Yeah, that's just, that's fucking, that's <laughs> crazy. Because, yeah, she was, she, she won the property. I mean, the it's only a matter of, of time before. 
Just recently, I'm pretty sure she she won the the property of all that. Like she owns that place now. Yeah, I think I think Shayla said something about that no. as well. Preston, did you hear about that at all? Yeah, that bitch Carol Baskins owns it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be great if somehow <laughs> Jeff did plant a corpse there and blamed on Carol? It would be nuts. Carol fucking Baskins. You can't put anything past them <laughs> yeah. dudes now. Like they'll do anything. They're yeah, so I mean, at this point, yeah, that's the problem, man. They're just so, just surly and wirely. Greasy. And that's I the just, best fucking word for them. <laughs> that's the best. Is yeah, that the fucking term? So, greasy. Ugh. Okay. You know, like that fucking dude with that yeah. dude on the fucking jet ski. He's my favorite. <laughs> Louis Anderson. Is that who you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dollar Tree Louis Anderson, man. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> She's lower Aunt Louie Anderson. <laughs> <sighs> well, let's just jump right into it, shall we, guys? We are on Cryptid Encounters Sweet 16. <laughs> Ooh. Preston, what do you got for us this time around? Well, all you cool ghosts and goblins, <laughs> here we are again. Another exciting episode and another exciting Cryptid Encounter. Now, with most of our uh, the cryptids that we've encountered thus far... Their tales begin with a wonderful origin story. For instance, the Goatman. Was some circus sideshow experiment gone horribly wrong? Lightning hit the train tracks and fucked up the train car and mutated a goat into a walking Goatman. <laughs> the Jersey Devil was some satanic ritual involving Ben Franklin and, you know, child sacrifice. Maybe I'm remembering that right. Maybe I'm not. Whatever. That's what we're going with. <laughs> all those things happened, but I don't know if they were all happening together, but, you know... <laughs> Well, for tonight's creature, no such luck. See, there is no good creepy creation story, so I'm going to rectify that here and now, so stay with me. There's no denying that Ghostbusters ranks in each of our top movies, mm. and at least with me and Sean. Now, Steve is still mm. caught up on Titanic, and he's always asking us to draw him Indeed. like one of those French girls. <laughs> However... The demon dogs from Ghostbusters are based on actual figures from the Mesopotamian religion. So yes, there really was a gatekeeper, and yes, there really was a key master, so to speak. And maybe, just maybe, the act of them knocking some out created enough paranormal energy to open a portal and bring about the Destructor and the end of the world as we know it. Human sacrifice, dog and cats living together, mass The world hysteria. will end. So imagine, <laughs> if you will. Yeah. <laughs> now, wait a second. What the hell does knocking some out mean? Well, see, in the movie, the gatekeeper and the, the key master had to, you know, copulate, knock some out. And that copulation had enough energy in it that it opened up a portal. to. Bring so wait, Rick Moranis and Sigourney really knocked it out, supposedly? Wow. Yeah, I thought the they movie, just yeah. like... Went down and like kissed or something. Damn, that's funny. No. Bada bing, yeah. bada boom, baby. So imagine, if you will, it's the late 1800s at the height of spiritualism. Somewhere deep in the Ozarks, someone, some dark practitioner, maybe even Aleister Crowley himself, summons Vince Clortho, the motherfucking key master. <laughs> and like his Hollywood counterpart, he's a little confused and is just trying to find his gatekeeper. He comes across the bear. Maybe a mountain lion. The details get kind of fuzzy at this point. And they knock Wait, some out. And the Homeboy fucked the bear? 
<laughs> or a mountain lion? Oh I'm my getting, god. All I'm right. getting to that. I'm getting to that. <laughs> and the result of this copulation is not the end of the world, Steve, but the little bundle of demonic joy, aka the Ozark Howler. Fucking he beast. <laughs> That's right, folks. Tonight, as a follow-up of sorts to our big black dog episode, we're tackling the terrifying Ozark Howler, also known as the Ozark Black Howler, the Hoo-Hoo, the Nightshade Bear, and the Devil Cat. The Hoo-Hoo? Yeah. The (laughs) Hoo-Hoo. Hey, Jim, that Hoo-Hoo's out there in the back shed again. Go get it. I know. But wait, there is more, guys, because the terrible <laughs> because of its terrible screams and the fact that the howler is rarely seen outside the Ozark forest regions, the creature was dubbed the Ozark Howler or the Ozark Black Howler. But it's not always just called that, because this thing is seen mainly inside the Ozark area. It goes by many other names, including the Wowzer, the Wampus Cat. The Whistling Wampus, the Booger Dog, the Booger Cat, the Bear Cat, the Catamount, and the What's It, as well as Phantom Cat, the Panther, the Indian Devil, and it's also even believed to be the possible true identity of the eerily enigmatic Hide Behind. But we'll talk about the Hide Behind in a little while. The legendary creature is purported to live in the remote areas of Arkansas, Missouri, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas, and even the southern part of Illinois. So this baby gets around. You know, quick interjection. Remember how our buddy Colin told us about seeing that weird, like, giant silver lion? Oh, yeah. I bet he saw the Ozark Howler, dude. You think he saw the hoo-hoo? Do you think by chance he ran into the Wampus Cat? Maybe. Could he have indeed by chance come into contact with the Booger Dog? I'm willing to But we all know it's the what it is or what what it is. What it is. What is it? It's actually the what it is ho what's up. The what is it. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> these fucking these nicknames. well this creature is typically described as being bear-sized with a thick body stocky legs black shaggy hair glowing red eyes and prominent horns sprouting from each of its temples its cry is often described as being the amalgamation of a wolf's howl an elk's bugle and the laugh of a oh, yeah. that. there you go <laughs> <laughs> and then steve you know what time it is. Open up that big book of bullshit, and let's see what you got to add. Nothing. <laughs> There's nothing in this book. <laughs> nothing There's nothing again? in this book about those Ark Howler. What? I looked up the index for booger, dog, cat, monkey, <laughs> fucking all that bullshit. <laughs> Whistling Wampus. None of that, man. None, none of it's in there, unfortunately. Man, I would have thought the Whistling Wampus would have been know. in there. Yeah. I know, I looked, oh, man. Shit. Well, Anything about a hide behind? Look up hide behind. The what? Hide behind? The hide behind. Mm. And while you do that, I'll consort John A. Keel's Strange Creatures from Time and Space. Your big Check book of bullshit let us down. Again. Yeah, this creature appears to be pretty elusive because he's not in John Keel's book or in this I Know What I Saw by Linda S. Godfrey. Yeah. Oh, hang uh-huh. on a second. What's that? Page 222. The Wampus Cat. Nice. 
even though if it's not in your big book of bullshit, Steve, it is listed as the Wampus Cat in I Know What I Saw by Linda S. Godfrey. It says here, Wily Wampus. A feline-related creature known as the Wampus Cat may be seen as a widespread traveling Native American urban legend best known in the southern U.S. state of Mississippi. Man, this thing really just gets around. Yeah. As noted Boy. before in a previous book, American Monsters, the name has also been co-opted as an alternative for Bigfoot in some places. Interesting. I've never heard of it being called the Wampus before. It's said to resemble some type of large mystery cat or cat-human hybrid. And its legend is usually told in a version similar to the Cherokee tale that began with a curious human, as many legends do. As a general story goes, the men of one Cherokee tribe held a medicine circle meeting with no females allowed. So basically, the little rascals. Hey man, woman hater club. An inquisitive woman hid behind the circle one night, and she was found out. Her punishment was to be turned into a half-woman, half-great cat creature, condemned to roam the forest, swamps, and bayous. Just for listening to a meeting? No girls allowed, bro. <laughs> That's crazy. Swinging dicks only. That's right. Dropping dong, man. You don't want her to see that, do you? Yeah, little dick energy. That's very true. Uh, Linda says she's seen different descriptions and minor plot twists for the Wampus Cat elsewhere, very much like today's urban legends. As in those legends of the Crybaby Bridge or the Hitchhiker's Ghost, the fact that it's not attributed to any known person, place, or time means the Wampus Cat is placed in the same category as contemporary sightings of natural cougars and other great cats. And as far as I know, she says, cats in modern sightings also do not display any human-female attributes. Huh. Wow. But we're not here to talk just about the Wampus Cat. We're here to talk about the Ozark Howler. Yeah. Cryptozoologists have speculated that the creature might be a misidentified or unrecognized big cat. Anthropologists and folklorists have speculated that the creature might be a branching off of the black dog of death found in British folklore, such as Church Grimm, Black Shuck, or the Guy Trash. <laughs> <laughs> the Guy, the guy trash. trash. Which <laughs> That's yeah. my cryptid name. Which, like, Black sh Black Shuck is like my favorite because <laughs> I think Black Shuck would be like a curse that you get from a witch. Like, remember how we talked about in the listener story from last time where, like, you know, she wanted the boom boom and he didn't give her the boom boom, so she yeah. put a curse on him. Mm -hmm. Like, imagine like the Black Shuck is like a curse where like your dick gets like almost like frostbite and starts turning black oh, and like no. gets all rotted and then falls off. Like, what's wrong with you, Jerry? I got a case of the Black Shuck. Well, listeners, <laughs> Preston Shuck. put a lot of thought into this. <laughs> <laughs> I did. <laughs> I do believe that's off the cuff, Steve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, these comparisons note that many versions of the Hellhound are described like the Ozark Howler as having glowing red eyes. The Ozark Howler also, like these legendary beasts, have been described as a dark omen preceding death of those who see it. Some biologists who believe in the Ozark Howler assert that it is a mountain lion breed who has either mutated into a new subspecies or is a hybrid of a mountain lion and an unknown creature, a.k.a. the gatekeeper. Other guesses have included that the Ozark Howler might be a wild boar, an eastern woodland bison, a hyena, or a surviving member of the Credont family. And what the fuck is a Credont? Cue the music and take us to Science Town, Mr. Fancy Pants. 
The traditional Creodonte are an extinct order of mammals which lived in the Paleocene to the Miocene epoch. They are distant relatives of the Carnivora, and both groups of Creodonts are not formed from the same teeth. This evolutionary convergence suggests the Creodonts are not a natural group and are not the ancestors of modern carnivores. The carnivora also develop larger brains and are more efficient at running. Once the forests and woodlands were partly replaced by grassland in the Miocene, in the Miocene, the true carnivores had the advantage and the creodonts lost ground and eventually became extinct. With more than 180 species having been described, creodonta range from the small weasel-like isohyena odonto to the giant bear-like megastotherium. The largest North American creodont is the patriophilus, a specimen of P. ferox, collected in the Bridgner Basin of southern Wyoming. And it was the size of a full-grown black bear with a head almost the size of an adult male lion. Now, Chad Armit asserts in his book, Cryptozoology, that the Ozark Haller myth is a hoax. According to Armit, he and many other cryptozoologists received email messages making claims about the Ozark Haller evidence. However, these messages were tracked down to a University of Arkansas student who made a bet that he could fool the cryptozoological research community. Now, stories of the Ozark Haller are said to predate this, and Jason Offit, in his book Chasing American Monsters, writes that many people have dismissed the Ozark Haller, but the Haller sightings stretch back to the early 1800s. The earliest legend of the Ozark Haller is of meeting between the Daniel Boone and the creature in Missouri in the 1800s. Boone is purported to have fired the gun at the Ozark Haller in some versions, although there is no evidence that the beast was killed and kept as a trophy. Hmm. But if this thing is a hoax, how do you explain the countless phone calls made to the Arkansas Game and Fish Commission um, during just the fall of 2014 alone? Like during that one, just that one, I mean, season in 2014, countless phone calls were being made to their actual Game and Fish Commission saying people were seeing this giant creature with these horns, you know, with a cat-like body. Some people said it had a ring tail like a raccoon. And in October 2014, a recorded emergency call received by the AGFC indicates that a motorist nearly hit an unidentified mammal at 9.45 p.m. The recorded phone call conversation revealed later that armed state wildlife officers were immediately dispatched to investigate a bear-sized, gray, fast-running animal on Pump Station Road in Springdale, Arizona. Now... Let's fast forward to a statement from a modern monster hunter, Lauren Coleman, a famous and respected cryptid researcher, and she said the following. How am I getting to her voice and make fun of her? She's a, she's a respected and famous. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that too. Like, Lauren Coleman is a pretty big name, like Linda Godfrey or John Keel or any you know the big heavy right. hitters. And I won't make fun of her out of respect for her, so I'll just do uh, just picture me speaking uh, in a female voice. So, I mean, we've we've got four accents. Yeah, yeah. I, can't, <laughs> Give us a break. I can't outsource for these people. <laughs> All right. Specifically, I've never seen a cryptid when I've gone looking for a cryptid. Even though I've been on expeditions for over fifty years, 
I've found many tracks, I've heard many screeches and unknown sounds, I've interviewed hundreds of witnesses. In 1972, I saw a black panther in southern Illinois when I was in a car coming from work, unrelated to cryptozoology, and none of the people in the car would turn the car around, so I was put in a situation of being an eyewitness where I could not go and further investigate the black panther report. Now, the Ozark region does extend into southern Illinois, so it is possible that the only cryptid Lauren Coleman ever saw might have been the Ozark Howler. Between 2005 and 2010, the Howler, also called the Black Howler or the Devil Cat, was spotted several times. A family living north of Van Buren in the Boston Mountains of Crawford County set out several trail cams after spotting what they believed was a cougar. The images that they supplied to a Fort Smith television station appeared to show a big cat similar to a cougar, but nothing close to what is native in the area. One witness reported that he and his wife sighted the creature both within hours of each other on May 28th and 29th of 2011 near Jasper, Arkansas, in Fuck. Newton County. The couple was Did she just say Arkansas? Yeah. Yeah. The couple was camping at a local RV park and took a short hike through a nearby valley in daylight. And on their way back, the man noticed something that seemed to be uh, pacing them by a short distance in the brush bordering the trail. During the next 10 minutes, the man caught several brief glimpses of it, but can only describe it as a dark four-legged creature moving back and forth slowly through the brush. So maybe the hide behind. Anyways, it never did get close, indicating it was probably more curious than anything else. Yeah, the rest of the evening was pretty quiet and peaceful till about 2.15 a.m. We heard what sounded like high-pitched howls coming from a distance. It was loud enough to wake both of us. And then I noticed several other campers were out looking outside, milling around and talking. Someone said it must have just been a coyote, but that was not a coyote or nothing else I'd never heard before. In 2015, photos were sent into 4029 News, and as an employee at the station, said the following. These photos were sent to 4029 News by a viewer who said they saw the Ozark Howler along the Yellow Rock Trail at Devil's Den this weekend. We reached out to the Arkansas Game and Fishing Commission who said there's been no documented sighting of the Ozark Howler in the area. A biologist said, to his knowledge, the legend of the Ozark Howler is one that ranks right up there with the tales of Bigfoot. While they couldn't comment on the legitimacy of those photos, the viewer who sent them to us says the pictures are not photoshopped, but we aren't so sure. The eyewitness who took the photos was a man named John Myers, and he said the following. Now, 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 I believe two things in this world to be true. That Jesus Christ is my Savior, and that the Ozark Howler is real living in the Arkansas Mountains. I met with some family in the Devil's Den State Park this weekend for some camping. We were up near Yellow Rock Trail, just giving the massages and laying in our tents. Well, this morning we saw this thing chase a squirrel up a tree, and I never seen nothing like it before. It is it had short black fur, a broad nose, and horns like a young deer, but it moved like a cat and had a long tail. Don't know what else it could be but the howler. It was yelping, scratching at the tree, and I got this pretty good photo when it stopped and looked at me. 
wish I had video or more photos of it. My Dollar Tree phone didn't work that great with the shutter speed and it disappeared too fast. You can give me a call. I'm an electrician. I'm all usually available at any minute to talk for a minute. The Ozark Howler in the tipster's photo didn't quite fit the description of what others in Arkansas say they've seen. Most describe the animal as some form of oversized black cat with a terrifying scream and horns growing from its head. There are glowing eyes, shaggy black fur, just like a bear. Maybe our tipster confused it with a bloodthirsty chupacabra, the hairless mangy coyote occasionally seen in Missouri, or perhaps Missouri's legendary Momo Missouri monster. That has a large, pumpkin-shaped head with a furry body and hair covering its eyes, according to Wikipedia. Now, I'm just going to go out on a limb here, Terry, and say, our tipster's beast looks more or less like a mutant horned black mountain lion and more like a German shepherd pup with a badly done Photoshop haircut. I could be wrong. John Mayer swears by his story. Now, look, I take exception to what you're saying. The photos were photoshopped. I swear on the Lord, baby Jesus, these were not photoshopped. I reacted like it was a fox or a wolf. Just take some pictures and enjoy it. Since I was a little kid, my grandpa took me camping out in the woods. It was our little secret, if you know what I mean. But he told me all about the Ozark Howler. And what type of stories were passed down about the Howler? Gather around the campfire, dear listeners, while I take a stab at this Howler legend. It was late in October, and fall had brought a chill to the air throughout the Ozarks. A group of young fur trappers had spent the day in the woods hoping to gather enough game for food and enough pelts to trade with other settlers in the area. Tired and hungry from the long, hard day, the group was glad to finally see their camp on the horizon. They were just about to settle around the fire to a dinner of warm soup when they heard a sound that shook them to their cores. A terrifying cry echoed through the forest, and each man jumped at the ready to defend himself from whatever lurked just beyond the tree line. Unsure of what they heard, murmurs reverberated through the group as they wondered aloud if a woman or a child was in trouble or an animal had suffered some kind of horrible injury. The silence that followed the blood-curdling scream was nearly as terrifying. Not only had the scream ceased as suddenly as it had begun, but every bird, bug, forest critter fell into a deafening silence unlike any of the men had ever heard. No one moved as their eyes darted from one to another. Unsure of what they were waiting for, one man finally reached for his rifle followed quickly by the others. The men gathered as a group and collectively began to inch closer to the woods. The sound of their breathing and the rapid beating of their hearts were all that could be heard. As they moved under the canopy of the trees, the cry came again and the men were face to face with the ferocious beast. Slinking in front of them was the large black creature. Although its long snout was similar in shape to a wolf or a dog, the men would later agree that the creature was more cat-like in shape and demeanor. The glowing red eyes and horns that adorned its head were demonic and terrifying. As the men turned to run toward camp, their creature returned to the woods, never to be seen or heard from again. At least not by this group. 
So what's interesting to me about the Ozark Howler is it's not like a bipedal goat man, you know, that runs out and just destroys stuff and stalks kids at lovers' lanes and so on. Uh, it's more like your traditional good old-fashioned cryptid, kind of like the Liger or the Tasmanian Devil, those types of creatures. Because with with cryptids, I always think of, you know, Mothman, Bigfoot, all those kind of great, you know, monsters that attack people. But the true definition of a cryptid is just of an animal that's not yet been discovered. You know, something that has sightings, people swear they saw it, it's just not been categorized, or it's been extinct for a very long time. So with the Ozark Howler, it's more or less potentially just some kind of creature that we just haven't seen in a long time, instead of some monster who's, you know, yeah. going through rural Chicago, tearing up trash cans and trying to steal children. Now, before we go, let me just chat a little bit about the infamous hide behind, like I mentioned earlier. There's not a whole lot to go off of about this thing, so I really just kind of hit the high notes. The hide behind is a nocturnal fearsome creature from American folklore that preys upon humans that wander into the woods and was often blamed for the disappearance of early loggers who were failed to return to camp. As its name suggests, the hide behind is noted for its ability to conceal itself. When an observer attempts to look directly at it, the creature hides behind an object or the observer and therefore can't be directly seen. The hide behind uses this ability to stalk human prey without being observed and then can attack without warning. The victims, including lumberjacks and others who frequent the forest, are then dragged back to the creature's lair and devoured. The creature subsists chiefly upon the intestines of its victims and has a severe aversion to alcohol, which is considered to be a sufficient repellent. Tales of the hide behind may have helped explain strange noises in the forest at night, and early accounts describe the hide behind as a large, powerful animal, despite the fact that no one's ever seen it before. I think sounds terrifying. So two things that come out of the story. Number mm -hmm. one, it sounds to me like a great way to explain away like mountain lions. You know, something that could attack somebody and drag it off before anybody saw, or a bear. And also, it's a great excuse to just get shit-faced once you get back to camp from chopping Either down way, trees. sounds fucking terrifying. I mean, I'm probably safe because, you know, it gets one whiff of my liver and it's going to be like, <laughs> nope, not today. <laughs> yep. Right. Preston's fighting <laughs> off the hide behind right now. Well, there yeah. you go. The old Ozark Howler. Well, it sounds like our connection on this call is getting lost right now, so hopefully we haven't lost anything so far. So let's go ahead and cut it there, do a short show this time, okay. and we will uh, come back for a longer story next time. Uh, Steve, what do you got to plug? Yeah, you can check out our Facebook at Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and you can check out our Instagram, PXL Paranormal. Uh, hit us up on the Messenger on that, uh, on Facebook as well. Give us any stories, any support criticisms critiques whatever you want let us know what's up hell yeah check out the rest of our shows on the pixelated sausage network check out mark solo show pixelated sausage check out an amazingly baka and then check out mm -hmm. 13 nightmares which is getting ready to be resurrected next week officially so hopefully we should have a new episode out let me pull out the old catalog here i think we should have something new maybe by the 24th or the 31st. Yeah, by the end of July, we'll have some new stuff out for that as well. Presto, what do you got for us? And as always, if you need a beard, if you want a beard, 
If you want to grow the best goddamn beer that will guarantee copulation that will bring on the end of the world, then check out BigDobsBeardBomb.com and use promo code PXLPARA for 20% off your order. And then look at scents like Dundee Cedar, Bay Rum, Sweet Tobacco, Fresh Mint, Citrus, and Classic. And I'm not done. Because after you get your beard all did up, go over to www.cutsbycolin.com and book yourself a hair appointment if you live in the Wichita area because he's going to do the razzle-dazzle and fluff your shit up and make you look amazing. And big shout-out to our main man, Colin, because he's getting married this weekend to his lady love, and uh, he's super excited about it, and I'm super excited uh, for him. Congrats, so uh, cheers, buddy, to tying the knot. And then mm. uh, if your shit's a little whacked and you need to get it adjusted and uh, you think acupuncture is the th- way to go, check out Three Pillars Health and book yourself an appointment today uh, because uh, Mr. Benny will uh, fix your shit. And then check out our friends down at CD Trade Post at Pawnee and Seneca. Pop in sometimes. Say hi to Leslie and the gang. And also any of your printing needs, stop in too. Fast print at Harry and Rock. All right, well, uh, check us out next time, episode 153, where I'm cooking up a specifically weird and bizarre alien abduction story. Mm, My favorite. Ooh, baby. Yeah, we're going to get out of these cryptic encounters for a while. That'll actually give me time to uh, get off my lazy ass and uh, finish uh, the vertical plane, which is England's greatest poltergeist case. Oh, very nice. Hell yeah. Sounds good. Cool. All right, everybody. So catch us next time. For now, I'd like to say cheers to the weird shit in the world and those of us that love to talk about it. And always keep an eye out for your gatekeeper. And stay spooky and stay on the paranormal highway. The cast at Pixelated Paranormal would like to thank you for listening to this week's episode. Pixelated Paranormal is here to tell you tales of the fantastical, the strange, the unknown. Tales that will move you a little further down the paranormal highway. If you'd like to share your own listener story, we would love to hear it. Email us at pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. Again, that's pixelatedparanormal at gmail.com. We'd really love to hear from you. Again, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Pixelated Paranormal. Your guide to the unusual and the strange.